Have you ever had this thing happen where you've written about something or covered something and then you go on a podcast and the too much time has elapsed and you no longer know about the thing Correct. that you had to be a momentary expert about? Yes. This has happened many times to me. Many, many yeah. times. I'm like, there's actually times when I'm shocked that I even wrote about something. I was like, I don't remember yeah. writing about that. Who was that? that I, was I've come across me. things when I was looking for things. Like just Googling other stuff and I've come across and I've been reading a piece. This happened like last year. I was reading a piece on the Daily Beast and I was like, oh my God, I wrote this. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but I scrolled back and I was like, oh my, I just don't remember. Those are some weird times. I, there's a lot of things. I was in the middle of a divorce. Maybe I forgot everything at that point. So. Do it again. Do it again. Welcome to the House of Strauss. Yeah, go for it. Stars hang with stars. Winners hang with winners. See House of Strauss, I am joined by the great Michael Moynihan of Fifth Column fame. Wait a second. I try to find a sports, like a sports angle whenever I do these things. Yeah, uh, he, he, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want a sports because, angle for you? Can I give you one? Uh, I, I already have one in mind, but fine. Okay, you, go, you do go. my Let's podcast. See. You do my Let's podcast. Say, no, but, I mean, you're not very good at it, so let me try to make it better. <laughs> uh, if you were, you'd be as popular as the Fifth Column. No, my father used to work for the Patriots. That's a, that's a sports angle. My, when I was a kid, okay. my dad worked for the Patriots, and I grew up on the visitors' sideline at um, at the old um, Foxborough Schaefer Schaefer Stadium. It was called way back then. Hmm. Steve Grogan well, era. So, well, nice try, but nobody cares about any it. Patriots thing that preceded the Tuck Rule. Um, that's just lost to uh, lost to the fog of history. I mean, Bill Simmons cares. That would make an impression on Bill. Bill I think. Simmons would cares, like yes. that. Sure. Um, but I, I would actually go a uh, different direction with your childhood uh, and that you knew Sam Presti, uh, well-reputed Thunder general manager Sam yes. Presti as a kid. I would throw that one out there. Yes. And my dad was his baseball coach. Um, and um, my dad always really liked him. And I think it was because he was like smart and had those leadership qualities when he was like 12. So <laughs> when you're going to run, you're going to be like the GM of an NBA team. You can usually tell by like 10 or 11 years old that you're going to be the GM mm -hmm. of an NBA team. So, so yeah, that, that he, I grew up in the same town as him. Um, and, uh, we had a lot of really interesting kids on my, my dad's baseball team, including the kids of Frank Viola. Do you remember Frank Viola of the twins? And then later of the, wow. the Red Sox. So yeah, um, my town was where a lot of, a lot of the people from pro sports teams actually ended up living. So did you consciously get rid of your mass hole accent in the way I consciously got rid of the way I talked as a young San Diegan um, to move up the ranks or did it just Correct. happen naturally? I think, <laughs> I think it was to not uh, be made fun of. Um, this has nothing to do with work or with pre-journalism. Is that mm -hmm. my town is this little kind of Andorra in the middle of Massachusetts, right? <laughs> that there are no accents. Um, my parents both had uh, my father who passed had an accent my mother still does and my daughter thinks it's the funniest thing in the world she's like oh mm. my god uh, make her say because i've always pointed this out the, the boston accent where you drop the you know, everyone knows ka the r becomes an a but they don't understand yeah. that the opposite is also true where the yeah. a becomes an er and so Rock my mother Obama. says thing yeah vodka <laughs> 
you got a glass of vodka, that kind of thing. So yes, mm. I did have a bit of that, or so I'm told, and um, I did actively get rid of it. What is a San Diego I'm, accent? Uh, it's not real. It's not really as famous an accent. It's sort of monotone with upspeak, uh, a bit of a gravel voice, vocal fry. Uh, not every accent necessarily gets to be famous or considered distinctive or exotic or, or, or amusing. But if you're on Windensea Beach or you're going to Mission Beach or OB, uh, this is how I grew up and this is how I talked with all my friends until I went to college and I realized that you're not supposed to talk Yeah, like that you sound like an idiot. But <laughs> 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 subscribers would be very big in Orange County and that's about it. <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm not joking. I literally talked like that. I, I literally talked like that as a kid because that's how everybody around me, how everybody yeah, around me talked. Yeah, it's kind of a Spicoli accent, isn't it? A bit yeah, of a surfer well, kind of accent? Well, that, I think Cameron Crowe uh, based that movie on uh, San Diego High School. He went Is that true? Cover, right? Yeah, I think that's like, Ridgemont High. Wow, that uh, might be true. Yeah, I didn't know that. So it's funny, though, that it's not considered particular to a place. It's just considered a surfer accent, Correct. which, you know, people don't realize that everybody talks like like the surfers in those surfer communities. I'm fascinated by the whole dropping of the R thing, though, because um, I believe that's a non-rhotic accent where you where you drop the R. And I, I somebody better versed than this could explain it to me. But for some reason, the English R is tricky. That's why little kids. Ow, I broke my finger. It's yeah. just for whatever reason the hardest sound to say. So that's and, why uh, you know the the joke about Asians, right? Yeah, um, and that's it's not it's not wrong. I mean, it's it is a difficult uh, letter to pronounce. And I have no idea. I have no idea why. And I have no idea why it gets slippery. And you just drop it in some cases, and you you, you place it somewhere else. And that's what this whole podcast is about. Michael, yes, it's going to be linguistics. <laughs> did you did you sandbag me to come on and be the John yeah. McWhorter of uh, Massachusetts and talk about well, actually, linguistics we, we, and labial fricatives and things like that? No, actually, we've got Noam Chomsky on. He's going to do 15 <laughs> minutes on Israel, Gaza, and yeah. then we're going to get <laughs> yes. into his actual realm yeah. of, of expertise. You mean after he denies to... the Cambodian genocide? After that. <laughs> it says it was a huge misunderstanding. <laughs> And then instead of playing your interview with Sam Altman, we're going to play that famous debate he had with Foucault, and we're going to talk over it, kind of like Twitch streamers, and you're going to be along for that ride. So I hope you He wrote a piece attacking me once. Um, what? So, yeah, it's true. Um, it exists only in Swedish, uh, because he wrote to a Swedish outlet when I was living in Sweden. I wrote something for the newspaper there, because he was getting an honorary doctorate. And I said, this is not a man who deserves an honorary doctorate. And he responded in a very, very radical um, magazine. I think it's called Folket I mean, it's, if there's any Swedish mm. listeners out there, you'd know what it is. Um, and uh, it's only in Swedish. I'm sure you could find it. But but um, he called me every name in the book. Um, but I was right and wow. he was wrong. So. Wait, did he, do you th did he write in Swedish or did no, he No, no, he wrote it in English. They, they translated it, obviously. That's yeah. bullshit. If you're, if yeah. you're a linguist, that's yeah. like taking PEDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, if you're a linguist, it means you have to speak every language. That's what yes. it means, right? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I'm a bit of a hard ass. I mean, look, you're old I get fashioned my values. <laughs> I'm old school. 
I saw a whiplash and I said, you know, that J.K. Simons, he's really onto something. Yeah. And we need to demand more of people um, if they're going to truly we, we, reach their we've potential. We've needed to demand more of Noam Chomsky for about 55 years. So <laughs> that's fine. But amazing thing. I mean, the fucking Gandalf of the far left cannot be killed. I mean, he's he's still doing. I mean, he did Piers Morgan's show not long ago yeah. from his cave and whatever that, you know, he went through the wardrobe in in the in you know into Narnia because he has this like long <laughs> wizard beard now and he looks like he's like in ZZ Top but he lives in Arizona and um, still makes it, I mean I give him credit for still making media appearances he did our friend I mean, Coleman Hughes podcast wow I, I him and Henry Kissinger on both sides <laughs> yes. of that divide. <laughs> as uh yoda aged jewish men um still going i mean i don't even want to say it because frankly it's at at that point it's not evergreen content they could die any day and uh you could publish this two years from now and they're both going to be alive henry kissinger will be flying missions over laos in two years don't don't worry about it and chomsky will be doing interviews with like random radical magazines so um it's just it's it's an inspiration it's an inspiration to us all um i actually had you on for a reason and it's not sports um the genesis of it is that i'm fascinated by the open ai crack up yes and we had ashley vance on this podcast and brilliant technology writer, futurist writer. And it was revealed on the podcast that he was actually writing a book about uh, a book about Sam Altman. Um, he wrote a book about Elon Musk, book. didn't he? Is that right? Am I he remembering did. that correctly? Yeah, that, okay, he did. That, yeah. that was his big explosive bestseller. Yeah. I wanted to ask if, how he felt about the, uh, the, the Isaacson book about Musk getting all this you know, attention. But then I felt like, I don't know, that's a weird thing to do. I didn't ask it was that a bit question. Of a, but it's an interesting question because it's a bit of a love letter from what I've heard. I haven't read it. Mm. But the same thing appears to be true in Michael Lewis's book about Sam Bankman-Fried, that these yeah. guys go into Silicon Valley and are immediately charmed by these bazillionaire kind of, you know, nerdy, slightly autistic guys that try, are trying to figure out all the world's problems. I mean, I, I, yeah. I know how easy it is to be to be gulled by these people. But, uh, but uh, yeah, apparently uh, Michael Lewis's book um, is is... Um, a bit of a tongue bath, but I haven't read it, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna criticize it. I mean, it's it's got that reputation. Um, I think he may have referred to what's happening to Bankman Freed as a lynching. Again, there is this always is this problem really? of am I if I'm reacting so, to something memetically that actually has no basis in wow. reality or fact. We'll cut that out if I'm just repeating a falsehood and slandering poor Michael oh. Lewis who yeah. lives up, you know, up the hill from me. Um, but it was a very nice man when I met him. Uh, and I felt a little bad about the pile on, but that's neither, neither here nor yeah. there. Uh, yeah, the question right here is why are you different, Michael? Everybody else <laughs> charmed by the tech wizards. You, the genesis of this appearance of yours is you had this interview, this very awkward interview that almost looks like between yeah. two ferns. Yes, it's a bit that way. Yeah. With but Sam Altman. Funny. Yes. It, I, I was laughing. Um, <laughs> it was funny for me. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And it, you, you were discussing uh, UBI, Universal Basic mm-hmm. Income. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually had a comment about it. And if you don't mind, I will read your Instagram caption. Is that okay? For, Please, for me by to all do means. That? By all means, yeah. Yes. 
so OpenAI CEO Sam Altman was fired. This is back before he got rehired. Yes. Uh, this is apparently news requiring a New York Times hold page takeover with three exclamation point stories speculating about the reason for his ouster. Allow me to offer an alternate theory. Altman was fired because he's an insufferable asshole. I interviewed yes. him back in 2018. One of the most pompous, absurd, unpleasant people I've ever spoken to on camera. Correct. You see, Altman suffers from that most common Silicon Valley delusion, the one convincing billionaires that because they are very clever with computer code, they can also solve the world's most vexing social problems. Mm -hmm. Altman is a proponent of universal basic income and believes that when jobs are automated away, a more socialist government can make it all better with UBI-like transfer payments to the newly unemployed. I gently pushed back on this idea. He didn't handle it well. Here are two clips from the tail end of my interview with Altman. And now yeah. we play the clip. Excited about better versions of the future. Yes, but we're also excited about doing it in a way that actually will succeed and being practical about it. And if people are saying, is this a practical thing? I think that's a particularly a report or a documentary question. It's a logical well, I think, question. I think most people who are willing to take 30 seconds to think about what actually does happen if we build the automation we're talking about, realize it's a totally practical thing. In fact, not even a particularly challenging thing. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm asking, I'm asking why... Like, why it offends you in some way to say, is this, to go big, is that, is that the right solution to start um, that big? It doesn't offend me. It makes, like, I, I wonder why it's only in situations like this that I get asked that question. I, I don't know. Maybe, as you said about my friends, maybe you need some new ones, too. Maybe someone is actually challenging and asking a question that says, you know, this is a, this is a pretty big experiment. Maybe a smaller scale one. Is it going to be, can you fund it? Blah, blah, blah. I think those are important questions to ask. Maybe people don't ask that around the dinner table. Um, I mean, again, we're trying to make a very, like the government, I think, is actually honestly pretty good at solving problems on a four-year time frame. Okay, now we've returned from that. Okay, we've returned from that. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And I want...